All right. Welcome to the Dean Luggy Show here on Dog Post. Thanks to everyone for joining me again every Sunday night and every Tuesday night we do this. And, uh, you know, a big win for Georgia, and they keep it moving along. They've got the Cats, the number 11-ranked Kentucky team. Uh, probably one of the best Kentucky teams we've seen in, in some time. Um, you know, Kentucky has probably the best running back in the conference. Um and Benny Snell, he is a major prop, going to be a major problem for Georgia, at least a major challenge. Uh, I've only watched so much of Kentucky so far this year. I watched him play Vanderbilt live, <clears throat> and I watched him play Florida. Um, most of the, well, I watched all of the Florida game, but um, some of it I did not watch live. Um, you know, and it, I'll say this about Kentucky: no matter if Georgia. Uh, no matter if Kentucky had won against Missouri or not, Georgia and Kentucky would have, um, the, the winner of the game would still go to um, Atlanta. So um, Florida may not may not have been knocked out, but uh, anyway, the whole point is that Kentucky, you know, if you're Georgia, you got to go up there and win. That's all there is to it. That's how this goes. Um, but let's let's recap the, uh, the game with the Gators first. A significant win, another you know, long win, uh, lopsided win for Georgia over um, a ranked team. Uh, this two lopsided wins over ranked teams uh, so far this year. South Carolina, obviously, not great and no longer ranked, but they were ranked at the time. So, um, you know, I thought it was, and then if you are watching this on YouTube, then you you, you know what I thought about the game and, and on Twitter. Um, I tweeted that out as well, but uh, it was a solid, solid win for the dogs, and um, really <clears throat> not a surprising one. I mean, everything that sort of we talked about during the week came to fruition. Uh, Florida could run the ball, which they did. Uh, Georgia could run on Florida, which eventually they did, 180 yards. Uh, and then Felipe Franks was going to make mistakes. Um, one of them was a three-point mistake, so no big deal. But the other one uh, just killed momentum for Florida at the, you know, at the, um, uh, at, I think it was in the first quarter, second quarter, whatever. I've not been able to rewatch the game yet. So, I mean, down to Jacksonville and back is a lot, I have to say. It really, it really, it really can be. But, um, you know, I asked Dog Post subscribers who they thought the player of the game was, and it was almost unanimous. Uh, as always, a performance player of the game and performance play of the game brought to you by Bank South. As a Georgia fan, you know how important a good performance is to reach an overall goal. And Jake Fromm needed to have a good performance, and he did. Bank South is no different. That's why Bank South has a has designed an all-new checking account that performs for you to help you reach your financial goals. Open an interest-bearing performance checking account at Bank South today and let your money, let your money perform for you. Visit BankSouth.com today for more information. Bank South, this is important. Bank South is a Georgia-based community bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Uh, Jake Fromm, the Bank South uh, player of the game. And he really did play well. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it. He he was... Um, that last throw to Terry Godwin won, you know, won them the game. And, you know, I can't remember if I wrote about it or, or talked about it on here uh, or both, but it really was a matter of, you know, Jake Fromm needed to play well. 
it was going to be up to him to play better and to play well. And he did. And Georgia won by three touchdowns. So uh, what you're starting to see out of the program, I think, is um, some more receivers are, are stepping up. J.J. Holloman had the best game of his career, obviously. And they like it. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm on the field for the games. So I, I see certain things right up close. And Holloman is a, I mean, and you know this from covering recruiting too, but I mean, Holloman's a long, slender guy who can go up and get it. And he did that yesterday uh, on that one touchdown. It was a beautiful catch, back shoulder. The other one was just a straight up, you know, good, just really, really good throw from Jake that got the job done. It was just what the doctor ordered for these dogs. Everybody's freak out moment has come and gone, and I'm sure it will come back again soon. Not to worry about that. That's always right around the corner. So you've still got to deal with Kentucky. Um, and Kentucky, you know, having seen them play limited, I did not watch Mizzou last night with Kentucky. I know that they got away with one, uh, or at least that's the way it was described to me. Um, but they are a solid team. They have a pretty good defense. Um, they've not seen a lot of offenses like Georgia's, although Missouri's is a pretty good defense. Excuse me, a pretty good offense, and Kentucky's uh, defense handled them pretty well. You saw what they did physically with and against the Gators. Um, you know, so I think it's a completely legitimate game Georgia could lose. You have to take it very, very seriously. Um, it's it's an important you know game. Obviously, if you don't win this game, you do not win the division. Uh, it's that simple. So uh, we've got the Bank South Keys to the game down here um, for the YouTube and Facebook audience. And number one is Championship of the East is on the line. This is it, for lack of a better term. There's not much a simpler way of putting it. And George going to have to play a good game uh, to win. They're not going to be able to go up there and kind of slop around etc. I'm going to talk about Commonwealth Stadium in a minute. It's not the easiest place to play on earth either. Number two for the Dogs, Bank South Keys to the game. You know, as a program, Georgia's been here before. This is not new. It's new for Kentucky. I mean, this is the biggest game in Kentucky program's history since the 70s, so a quarter century. Uh, well, almost a half a century. So, uh, it really is going to be interesting to see uh, how Kentucky deals with that. You know, could Georgia have a letdown in this game because they just played their biggest game of the season and won and all this stuff? Yeah, they could. Um, but the thing about that is if you really are focusing on each game particularly, then the details will take care, care of themselves. And um, my suspicion is that the details are being taken care of right now uh, in Athens. And number three, finally, and this probably is the most important one, is Jake Fromm has to continue to play uh, well. Uh, it's, I have Fromm has to continue good play, but uh, nonetheless, uh, he, he's got to play at least similar to the way that he did against Kentucky uh, against uh, the Gators. If he does that, um, Kentucky won't win this game. They won't have the ability to. Um, so having covered, uh, I've been up to Kentucky. Uh, I did not go in the year 2000 or the year 2002, but since 1998, I've been up there pretty much uh, every other year. It is an interesting place, Commonwealth. Um, 
it can get extremely loud there for sure. It is not a small stadium. In 98, they were expanding because uh, Kentucky is one of the schools in the conference that really has invested in the facilities. If you've, if you've never been up there, they have a very nice baseball stadium. They have a very nice football stadium. Rupp is probably their, if you want to call it worst, uh, facility. They don't own Rupp. They have an agreement with um, the city. So it's not completely their call there. But Kentucky has really nice facilities. I totally understand why kids want to go there, particularly if you're winning. So it's it's one of those things where um, it can be a challenging place to play. It's going to be cold. It's going to be in the 50s. Uh, excuse me, could be in the 40s. So uh, this this will be a challenging game. With that said, you know, if you can't beat Kentucky um uh, you know, you don't deserve to win the league. Uh, you just don't. And, um, you know, K Kentucky has earned this situation. So has Georgia. And we're just going to see what happens. Um, my guess is Georgia will win. They're a 10-point favorite right now, which is mathematically, you're getting to a pretty high number uh, there mathematically. Let me give you the percentage chance that Georgia will win the game. Uh, while I'm looking that up, I can go ahead and tell you about the Bank South play of the game. So uh, a 10-point favorite is a 77% chance to win the game. It started at 12, and now it's at 10. Uh, it, it, it may settle at 10.5 or 11. But, you know, once you're in that more than three-quarters ballpark, I mean, once you're over four points, you should win the game if you're the favorite. And, you know, like you, you watched... Uh, Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin lost this week, but they didn't have their quarterback. So it can happen, but uh, it's not common. Uh, yeah, and the other thing, what, what annoys me a little bit about when I talk about percentages and so forth is that when you say it's 80%, that means it's still there's still a likelihood that something else could happen and you lose. 20% is not completely insignificant. It's just not the side you'd prefer to be on. You'd rather be Georgia going into this game than Kentucky. And I think that's relatively understood uh, by most people. Uh, a couple of other sort of, if you want to call it, pressing issues for folks. Um, you know, why didn't Justin Fields play in the game? Uh, I wouldn't have put him in there. Not the way that um, not the way that Jake Fromm played. Um, and I, I really got to say... The whole thing has already gotten old to me. Um, I would play Justin more, but when Jake Fromm is playing the way that he did on Saturday, there really shouldn't be a lot of discussion about why didn't you play Justin Fields. You want to have that discussion after the LSU game? Fine, because he didn't. You know, Jake did not play well against LSU, so it's both at the same time, but. I, I gotta say, it just, there doesn't, I, I don't know why this has to be the conversation. Uh, Justin Fields is a spectacular quarterback prospect. He is, we've not seen a lot of people like him at Georgia. He could be a significantly, uh, he could go down as one of the best, if not the best quarterback of all time at Georgia. The problem is, the guy that is the starting quarterback, if you want to call it a problem, has lost exactly three games. So, 
there's, there's really not a ton to discuss there other than are you going to win the conference with uh, Jake Fromm or are you not going to win the conference with Jake Fromm because I don't see there being any way that uh, he is replaced. Just There's just no way that's going to happen. And if you're... If you're a big Justin fan, that's great. I'm not against Justin. I mean, I think he's, again, he is exceptional. But the situation is the situation. Um, and if he transfers, he transfers. Same thing goes for uh, Fromm. I mean, if Fromm is not the starter in 2019 and he transfers, that's not good. But that's where we're at. And, you know, th that's the thing, like, Holding over, think say it, say it this way. The backup it sh should never be that people are so overwhelmingly concerned that the backup quarterback is going to transfer. That can't be how you run your program. Uh, this program is above Jake Fromm. It's above Justin Fields. It's above everybody. This is not about one player. It 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 it's not. And you know who proved that last year? Nick and Sony, and so and and what and with what happened with Jacob Eason, so this is not about one player. Georgia can do without any one player. It's it's beyond that now. So that's the thing I think people need to remember is that as as, as exceptional as Justin is and will be, uh, or as you know, much of a winner and really good competitor uh, and performer as Justin, as Jake Fromm has been, no, you know, there's going to be quarterbacks after those two, but this program's got to be about more than one kid. Um, and that's really all I have to say about that, um, period. Uh, Justin Fields has not spoken to the media publicly. He's not been made available. So if he's saying that, if, if folks are saying that Justin said this or Justin said that, He's not saying that on the record, so he may well feel that way, but no legitimate media outlet has reported anything. I'm not sure that any, you know, I've dealt with quarterbacks for decades now, and it's never a lot of fun for anybody. I mean, uh, the backup is always the guy people want to see. I think people got a point here because it would be nice to see him out there. He is a freak. But, you know, at, at some point, you've got to move it along and uh, the season is the season. And, you know, Justin signed with Georgia a year ago and knew exactly what he was getting into. And I don't, I mean, it's, po it's totally possible that things are not as bad as people are saying um, they are. It's totally possible that that's the case. And, you know, having having no real connection with either quarterback, I don't know. And, frankly, I don't care. The, the quarterback at, at any school, X, you know, Alabama, Hawaii, wherever, you know, it's not just about that one player. So that's really all I have to say about that. I, I, I'm getting drained of that conversation. It is a draining uh, thing. And I, I get it, but... If you've done what I've done and you've lived through, you know, DJ David, you've lived through the Matthew Safford, Joe Cox, Joe Tereshinsky saga, if you lived through Brian Schottenheimer, 
you know, you at some point kind of say, all right, you know, this is the quarterback is the most important position, but that's not what this program is, period. So what it is is getting ready for a big fight with Kentucky. Um, they have quarterback issues, believe it or not. And, um, you know, that could be the downfall of the Cats. Like, I would be worried about this one thing if I were Kentucky. You know, you've you got a huge buildup. And the Cats, I mean, like, they're, they're, their fans love them big time. They travel for basketball. And in Lexington, their football crowd is legit now. They, they, everybody thinks of them as a basketball school, and that's fine. That's what they are. But when they play football, they're just as loud as anybody else. So they're not, you know, it's not like they're, um, you know, just happy to be there. They're not just going to be happy to be there this week. So this is, you're going into, a, you know, a, the dungeon here. And you're going to have to figure out how to get out alive in a knife fight. Because that's what this is going to be. Kentucky, this is an air raid Kentucky where they're slinging it all over the field. They are coming to the game with two by fours. They're going to try to hit you over the head 25 times and hope that you only hit them over the head 20. I mean, they're ready to get hit in the head too. They're 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 into it. Like they like this. So that's their style. I mean, Benny Snell is a kid that is going to go down as the best running back ever at Kentucky. He is um, a fighter. He has plenty to say. Uh, he is a good player. And he is a legit problem to deal with. Their passing game has been anywhere from non-existent to bad. Um, they were, they were uh, bad against Vanderbilt. I mean, they were bad against Vanderbilt. But uh, you know, they won the game against Mizzou with a pass. So, you know. You, you can you, you don't want to get too lulled to sweet sleep. I don't know how much of that was you know ineptitude by Kentucky. I mean by uh, by uh, Mizzou, probably some of it. <laughs> but uh, you know it's kind of hard to figure out how to lose a game when you're up fourteen three in the fourth quarter. But they did. And, um, you know, Kentucky now has a shot, not, not just to win the league, except I mean, they can get to the playoff. That sounds completely crazy, but who else is better positioned? Well, better positioned is not probably, the, but they got to still beat Georgia and win the conference against either LSU or Alabama. That is not a great position to be in. You'd rather be Clemson for sure. I mean, Kentucky... If Kentucky played Clemson's schedule, they would still be seven and one. They would probably lose to Texas A and M, but I don't know who else you know the ACC has that would really get in Kentucky's way. In the Big Ten, you know, you would think they would lose to Ohio State, who just lost to Purdue. So Clemson, Ohio State have proven that they can lose to anyone. I mean, they're good at losing to just randos, but. Um, you know, Kentucky has really gotten it together, you have to say. Um, but I do, on Tuesday night, we're going to go into this deeper. I'll dig into it deeper and actually come with some intelligence here, which is rare from me, right? Um, but I, I really want to look at it harder before I start to 
say, hey, this is what they do. But, I mean, it's obvious what their plan is, which is to, you know, run up and down the field, literally run. Um, and, uh, you know, try to try to impose their will on you. And they have done that. They have done that to Florida. They did that to Missouri. I mean, they're not playing these games in the 40s. Uh, they're not losing 40-something to 30-something. Kentucky is winning dogfights, 15 to 14. Uh, you know, they have played well. They are to be respected completely uh, and taken very seriously. So it, it's, you know, this Kentucky team has earned where they're at. Um, solid defense. They've allowed 20, 16, 10, 7, 10, 20, 7, 14. I mean, I don't care what league you're in. If you if the if the most points you allowed is 20, you know, you're 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 doing okay. So and they still gotta play Georgia, they still gotta play Tennessee. Middle Tennessee will not give them trouble. I mean, Louisville is awful. They are a 37 point dog to Clemson. They are horrible. So, you know, they, they, Mississippi State thought that they could play bully ball with Kentucky. Kentucky punched them straight in their face 28 to 7. The Gators 27 to 16. You know, the one thing about Kentucky right now is their offense is really struggling to score. So they've scored 14, 14, and 15. And that's, that's what's happened to them. 14, 14, and 15. That's what's going to catch up to them. And that, that, that's the only issue. You know, right now, now, so they 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 chunked it up and down the field pretty good yesterday, 267 yards, but they're not scoring. The problem is they're not scoring touchdowns, and it's just you know they're three of 14 on fourth on third downs. They went for it three times on fourth down yesterday. You know they were they were three of 17 on money downs yesterday, so it's not ideal. Um, and uh, you know they Missouri. Stopped them in the run game. I mean, Kentucky only had 91 yards yesterday. But they won. They are winners. Did you ever think anyone would say that about Kentucky football? So what you have to do in these situations, just the same way when you're looking at Georgia-Florida, you you take the logos off the helmet and you just look at what's reality on the, the, the tape. And Kentucky is a physical team that is limited in the pass game. They have a, a have a solid defense, but they're struggling to score right now. Two touchdowns in a game. I mean, Georgia scores two touchdowns in quarters. They have been scoring. I mean, unless they unless what happens to Georgia on uh, this coming Saturday is the same thing that happened with LSU. You know, they're going to score thirty eight points, Georgia. They're just going to. I mean, Florida's defense is pretty good. Um, and they still almost scored 40. <laughs> you got to think, they're kicking a field goal from the one-yard line. Uh, you know, that's that's four points. So th that gets you over 40 alone right there. So there, there's, there were plays that were left out on the field, which always happens. But when you're only scoring two touchdowns in a game, that's a problem big time and you know Kentucky has earned their situation no doubt they have but they have not scored over 30 points in an SEC game yet so this is all about breaking their defense and if you do that 
you're going to be punching that ticket to Atlanta. I mean, it's not like the season's over if you beat Kentucky. Like, right? That's just the latest challenge. You, you did y'all watch Tech? Y'all can y'all can poop all over Tech if you want to, but the new quarterback played outstanding and they just ran up and down the field on a hapless Virginia Tech. I, I get that the ACC is worse than hot garbage, but either you're playing well or you're not. Tech all of a sudden has flipped the switch. Clemson is playing dramatically better than they did four weeks ago. Uh, you'd say Florida was, but Georgia just just took them just now. So it all depends. But, you know, there's plenty of season left here, win or lose. But I, I fully expect Georgia to win. How they will win, um, you know, we'll just have to see. Let me try to answer a question or two here from Twitter because I can actually see occasionally the Twitter uh, feed. What do you make of the post-game Florida comments? These guys, excuse me. <coughs> Woo. That's me being sick of Jacksonville right there. Um, you know what, man? Two things about that. When you play sports, it's hard to wrap your mind around somebody being better than you because you've worked really hard to get where you're at. But I, I do get tired of the the better team didn't win. Uh, no, nah, the better team won yesterday for sure. And I mean, I think the better team won when Georgia played LSU. It just happened to be that day. You know, if you re-rack that game, if you run it back, you know, does Georgia win that game uh, ever? They, they certainly could. We may see that in Atlanta. I don't know. But if Georgia played Florida, Florida would probably win three out of ten times, something like that. So I get what they're saying. They're, they're just wrong. Here's a question about Ben Cleveland. Will Ben Cleveland be there? So he traveled, uh, but there was no chance of him playing against the Gators. Uh, but this is about in line with where we thought that he would uh, come back. We'll just have to see. Um Georgia's, you know, they're deep on the offensive line. They're fortunate that they're deep on the offensive line. You got Andrew Thomas getting banged up. Uh, you got uh, Kendall Baker was getting banged up. Uh, and you have Ben Cleveland who was out. So that's three potential starters, certainly two starters. Uh, I would guess that soon Ben will play, whether it's um, whether it's uh, Kentucky or Auburn, I'm not sure. Another guy to watch out for eventually here is David Wilson, and uh, we'll just see how that goes. And maybe more about that and what we're hearing coming up soon. If you're joining me on Facebook, I appreciate you being on here. My name is Dean Leggy. I've covered Georgia for 18 years. I've been a Heisman Trophy voter since 2005, uh, and we cover Georgia every single day. Uh, so go over to dogpost.com, D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T.com. David Marshall, we did not ask. No one asked about him after the game. Um, I uh, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not aware of any new injuries. I believe, and sometimes y'all y'all know better than um, y'all know better than I do. Um, that uh, I'm pretty certain Andrew Thomas came back in the game. Here's a basic question that I will try to answer here. People are asking me, why do you wear purple to games? At first, I don't wear it to every game. And this is not a purple shirt. This is blue. 
But at first I wore it because I didn't want to get stuff thrown on me. So when you're a photographer and uh, you're on the field, most of the teams that Georgia plays, they're not in purple. I mean, if you, you know, so uh, you're kind of steering clear of any uh, stupidity in the stands. At Georgia Tech, you can get drinks thrown on you, Alabama, well, not really Auburn, but at different spots in the league, uh, you want to steer clear of having things, um, you know, thrown at you, particularly when you're carrying around a bunch of very expensive equipment. That's what I started doing it initially, and now people just recognize me in it, so I just wear it, and make it, make it uh, pretty basic. Robert Beal was at a funeral. That was the reason why he did not uh, travel, and uh, so condolences to him and his family for that. But you know, everyday life occurs too. Um, so these kids are still kids; they're human beings, and that's why I would encourage everyone. This is a decent sized audience. Please remember that we're all humans. I mean, I know this is about sports tonight, but um, the, you know, th these kids are kids they're really children they're young men uh and if you all want to like really scream and yell about um any player I, I don't necessarily think that's out of line or out of bounds but just you know let's be sensible with our criticism of kids saying someone needs to play better is not the same as you know whatever you know some sort of racial stupidity or um whatever and so let's keep it as as pg as possible i'm not saying you gotta always be positive because that's that's not really how life works but um you know, I, I do think it's important to be a human being as much as you can all right last question here is lexington a nice place to go to a game it is one of the best places to go hey by the way one other thing i've heard um I have heard a lot of complaints about getting into the the, the Gator Bowl, for lack of a better term. Um, and I don't know if y'all experienced that. It is really one of the roughest places to get into as it relates to getting, literally just getting into the stadium is difficult. So uh, they need to clean that up in Jacksonville. There's, there's just no excuse for it being that difficult. I know the Florida fans were late getting to the game, but I was told that a lot of them had a hard time getting in those gates. Uh, and the, I guess Georgia folks didn't. Uh, maybe it was exacerbated by the Gators getting there late, but there's no excuse for that as a stadium. I mean, you're, you're supposed to be a world-class stadium. That shouldn't happen. At Kentucky, you pretty much can get in and get out. Now, I'll say this. It can get a little confusing around Commonwealth, what's called Kroger Field now. It can get a little bit uh, confusing, but... Uh, Lexington is a really nice town. It's got a perimeter around it. Uh, it's called Man of War, which a lot of stuff is named after horses and stuff. So um, it's a great experience. Uh, it's going to be a little different this time, though. There's going to be plenty of, um, you know, testosterone going in the stands for Georgia and Kentucky. I'm excited for it. I, th I think it's going to be a great game, great time. I expect Georgia to win. But they got to go out there and prove it. All right, Tuesday night, we will see everyone back here on uh, Dog Post. Uh, go visit the site right now, and uh, thank you for joining me tonight.